I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome one more time to Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded myths in our beloved franchise's quirky, frustrating, but entertaining history, as every player who dons the orange and blue is, in their own way, unformidable. So, looking back which is what we do in this podcast, but looking back in the very recent past, uh, the Mets just played the Cardinals this weekend, which is historically an adventurous time in the Wolf household, as you may have heard me mention. uh, My wife is from the Missouri area, and her and the in-laws are pretty much all devout Cardinal fans, so, you know, it's always an extra added bump, and... Uh, so it was not a good weekend for me. It was not a good me- weekend for all of us Met fans, but I took it particularly hard, particularly when you have, I think I read, uh, greater than 50% chance win percentage in the eighth inning of all four games. Uh, we only went Thursday this time, so at least I didn't physically watch the Mets lose. I just got to watch them blow what looked like an incredibly likely win. I'm amazed I keep doing this in this podcast, but I'm going to take mint lemons and make some blue and orange lemonade. Uh, I'm going to focus on one of the rare occasions when the Mets, well, not that rare occasions that the Mets got one over on the Cardinals. I mean, we have 86, 88, 2000. I'd happily trade 2000 for 2006, though. But we're going to talk about an obscure player today who played very briefly for the Mets and then for the Cardinals that you might know, or you probably have at least heard his name mentioned. Because, if we're going to talk about the Cardinals, I mean, let's be honest, this entire podcast is mostly a pretext to discuss the most notable, most important, most delightful person that one would associate with both of these two teams. A player so notable, as my personal podcast overlord Brian Salvatore has noted, You know, I've met you six times, and half of them you're wearing a nice game, pretty boy, t-shirt. A player who, upon his arrival, made even my mom sit down while I was monopolizing the TV for the Mets as a kid and say, hmm, who's that, Bobby? By the way, don't call me Bobby, only only mom's allowed to do that. But um, even at age eight, I knew there was only one answer to that question. Mom. He's Keith Hernandez. Because to acquire Keith Hernandez out of favor in St. Louis with the White Rat, it took Met quote-unquote closer, uh, the first in an endless line of painful Met closers that I remember in my lifetime, Neil Allen, and a young prospect named Rick Ownby, who will be the 
titular focus of this podcast today uh, with gratuitous segues to one Keith Hernandez. I think everyone remembers Neil Allen as the prime piece of that trade, naturally, because he recorded uh, 69 saves for the Mets uh, between 1980 and 1983 and had a lengthy career uh, with the Cardinals, Yankees, and White Sox after leaving the Mets and, of course, gave up a delightful home run to one Gary Carter on opening day 1985 for the Cardinals. So, um, you know, very memorable. And personally, Neil Allen was the first in a long line of shaky Met closers that I remember extending through Benitez and Franco and Looper and Familia, all, hopefully not to Edwin Diaz, although I'm getting nervous, but don't get me off on that segue again. But Neil Allen was interrupted only by, I'd say, Orozco and McDowell, and actually Randy Myers, who I never understand why we traded for John Franco and probably would have gotten us to the 1988 World Series. But anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, Neil Allen was probably the primary part of the trade in most people's mind, but Rick Ownby was a prospect in his own uh, in his own right and uh, a big part of the trade that brought Keith Hernandez to Flushing. Rick Ownby was a late bloomer. He never he didn't even make his high school team, according to what I read, but uh, went to Santa Ana College where he kind of exploded as a pitcher and was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the fourth round of the 1979 draft, uh, the January draft, actually, and did not sign and went back to college and was ultimately drafted by the Mets in the 13th round of the 1980, the more familiar June draft, and became a member of the Metropolitan Organization. Oonby looked great early in the minors, striking out close to a batter an inning in 80 and 81 in single and double A, and was really on the Met prospect radar big time in, in a time when the Mets needed uh, some hope. Uh, from 1977 to 1983, the team finished in fifth or sixth place every season, and in the summer of 1982, uh, the Mets were, you know, the, t- the Mets were promoting these young arms, you know, you've probably also heard that story in conjunction with Keith Hernandez and how he got convinced to stay with the Mets, that the Mets had this crop of young pitchers in the minors. Uh, I found a Times article from 1982 uh, promoting, you know, 15 years ago, the names were Seaver, Kuzman, Ryan, Gentry. Today, the names include Ownby, Darling, Holman, Gaff, and Terrell. No mention, of course, of the good doctor who was only drafted a few weeks before this article took place and would, of course, be the crown jewel. Um, but this article really focuses as much on Ownby as Darling or Walt Terrell, who, of course, would go on to have uh, much longer, more significant major league careers. But both this and other articles really hyped Ownby as the first of this rich crop of young pitching phenoms. Uh, the word was thrown around a couple of times that uh, that he would be kind of the first of this, this crop that would turn it all around for the Mets. And, of course, that crop would, uh, but Rick Ownby's contribution would be, as we said, towards the acquisition of one Keith Hernandez. Before that, though, Ownby was the first of these 
players to come up from the minors. Uh, he had a very solid season in AAA in 1982, uh, leading the International League in strikeouts with 122 and bringing two no-hitters into the ninth inning. So in August of 1982, Onbi was the first of this new wave of pitching phenoms to be called up to the Mets from AAA Tidewater. In one article I found about his call-up, it read, the other Tidewater players began congratulating Onbi, although the way the Mets have been going lately, condolences might have been more appropriate. So yes, uh, throwing shade at the Mets has Never gone out of style, apparently. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But Ownby came up in August of 82 and made his Major League debut in Cincinnati, uh, starting a game and losing 9-2, to giving up five runs in five innings. He would make seven more starts that year with the Mets, going 1-2. and two. His first victory of his career was September 8th against the Pirates. Uh, it was a complete game, his second straight complete game. Uh, the week he, he threw back-to-back complete games, September third and September eighth, losing to Cincinnati one nothing, and then beating the Pirates nine one, surrendering one run and in nine innings in each start. Although he did walk eight and seven batters respectively in those two starts, and in fifty innings with the Mets that year, he walked forty three and struck out twenty eight. So a wild debut, but not atypical of pitching phenoms. So the Mets hadn't given up on Ownby, or uh, it seemed they hadn't. You know, as I mentioned in the David West podcast, I feel like the Mets were pretty good at uh, hyping up prospects back in the days when prospect coverage was not what it is now. Uh, but 83 was supposed to be, and indeed Walt Terrell and Ron Darling and Tim Leary would come up later in the year but Ownby made the opening day roster as kind of a six-starter swingman uh, with Tom Seaver coming back for 1983 uh, with Craig Swan still on the team. Uh, Ownby was kind of beaten out for the last uh, starting spot by another one of these uh, rookies, Scott Holman. Ownby made two relief appearances early in the year. His first appearance in 83 was an inning in the third game of the season against the Cardinals, where he continued his wildness, danced around three walks, and benefited from a caught stealing and a flyout by one Keith Hernandez with Ozzie Smith on second and one out. You know, Keith had a hate living leaving that ribeye out there. Uh, Ownby made another relief appearance before returning to the rotation in late April when he would make a string of four starts. 
Uh, the team lost all four games. There is one quality start in there against Atlanta where he went eight innings, gave up two runs, and struck out seven. In all of the other starts, he failed to get through the fifth inning and surrendered three runs or more. Wimby was yanked from the rotation, but stayed up with the big league team and made four more relief appearances with a bit more success, um, including recording his for only one of the season and his second and final win with the New York Mets on June 10th, uh, pitching the final four innings of a 14-inning affair against the Expos. Three days after this, on June 13th, Onby would pitch a mop-up ninth inning in a 7-3 loss to the Chicago Cubs, which would turn out to be his final appearance as a Met, because outside developments would dictate that a team building around young pitching would be willing to sacrifice some of that young pitching to acquire an all-star. For in St. Louis, a two-time all-star, former MVP, and five-time Gold Glove Award winner was suddenly and shockingly out of favor with Whitey Herzog. Uh, the Cardinals did not believe they could uh, re-sign Keith Hernandez when his contract was up at the end of the year, and the great Keith Hernandez was shockingly available, and the Mets, in a rare instance of making a great trade, pounced. And so Neil Allen and Rick Ownby were the were the freight of passage, uh, were the cost of the franchise-altering acquisition of Keith Hernandez. I just remember being beside myself delighted as a young lad. I was looking, Keith was struggling at the time of the acquisition. Uh, the 29-year-old Keith uh, was... Uh, in 55 games with the Cardinals prior to the trade, had a 284 average, 784 OPS, uh, far below what he had produced the previous five or six years. Clearly, he was unhappy in St. Louis and whatnot. But, you know, I suppose it could have been one of uh, yet another of the litany of Mets acquire veteran, veteran magically starts sucking. But as we all know, in it, it did not turn out that way in one of the rare blissful uh, instances for the Mets. Instead, the Mets acquired one of the, or someone who would become one of the great franchise icons. Not only did the trade work out well for the Mets, uh, the what they gave up did not really turn out to hurt them that much. And as I said, Neil Allen had a decent career, although honestly my lasting memory of him as a Cardinal is surrendering that walk-off home run to Gary Carter on opening day in 1985, so didn't really come back to haunt us directly. And Rick Ownby, I guess sadly for purposes of this narrative, but honestly not very sadly for Met fans, also did not come back to haunt the Mets, having a brief and unsuccessful remainder of his Major League career with the Cardinals. Ownby went to AAA Louisville upon his acquisition and spent the season there. He made four starts for the Cardinals in 84, going 0-3 with a 4.74 ERA, and spent most of 84 and all of 1985 in AAA. Injuries and attrition in 86 gave Ownby a great opportunity to make the Cardinals starting rotation, which he did at the start of the season, but he got bombed in three starts, uh, hung on in the bullpen for a bit more 
to actually make 17 appearances that year, which would be the last of his major league career. Hornby would finish 86 in AAA Louisville for the Cardinals, uh, become a free agent at the end of the season, and sign with the Kansas City Royals in 1987. But he was uh, plagued by injuries that year, pitched only four innings for their AA affiliate, and called it a career. So to look back at our dramatis personae here, Rick Ownby, in four major league seasons, recorded a record of 3-11 with a 4.11 ERA. Uh, 2-5 for the Mets, 4.13 ERA, 18 games, 12 starts, 1-6 with the Cardinals, 4.09 ERA, uh, 21 games, 7 starts. Neil Allen went 20 and 16 with a 3.84 ERA in two and a half years with the Cardinals, and then went 13 and 14 uh, with a 4.30 ERA with assorted American League teams over the last few years of his career uh, through to 1989. Keith Hernandez, well, I don't need to tell you, do I? From 83 through 89, uh, just presided over, was the heart of one of the most successful periods of Met history. Uh, He constantly makes me wonder how someone with a 60.4 career war and so many contributions outside the field, broadcaster, sitcom icon, gets so little consideration for the Hall of Fame. A man who literally brings families together, as in lieu of a wedding book. My wife and I just had a giant poster for people to sign at our wedding with a baseball card of Keith Hernandez in his cardinal powder blue with the nice little white man fro, and I went with the Keith smoking a cigarette in his Met uniform picture, of course. So enjoy and revel in a rare time where the Mets got one over on the Cardinals. Enjoy and revel in a rare time when the Mets pulled off a trade that worked out much to their advantage. And apologies to Rick Ownby for the reveling, but hey, Rick Ownby made it to the majors and had a memorable career, and his name will always at least be remembered by Met fans. And that makes him, in his own way, unformidable. Thanks, as always, for listening to Unformidable. Please visit AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. Follow Amazon Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this podcast and all of our other really amazing pods wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave us a review. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, and the show is at Unformidable. Thank you, and let's go Mets.